And now, live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check Self Command deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Barnes. Hey, welcome back to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always through the miracle of modern technology, uh, Zachary Bartle. Zach, what's uh, what's going on, baby? What are we talking about today? We have no idea. Ooh. You know what we're doing, Ted? We're podcasting so that we don't not podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you could say that we're doing it out of obligation, but I, I really don't feel like that's accurate because I was very much looking forward to this, but I think not looking forward to it enough to actually plan anything for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now let me ask you this, man. When you yeah. when you uh, and and Barnabas Piper and uh, the other gentleman uh, yeah. are preparing for uh, the Happy Rant podcast, is is one person kind of in charge of just like drumming up all of these things, or do you guys have kind of like a a brainstorm sesh uh, in which everyone you know throws in an idea or two? I would like to be able to say that we had a brainstorm sesh because that would that would imply that I was involved in the prep. But uh, but but really, I have to say it's those two guys that do most of the prep. And I think a lot of it is they're uh, they're active on Twitter and kind of interacting with the uh, the fan base, if you will. And uh, and there are people kind of leaving topic ideas and things that they want us to talk about uh, there on Twitter. So uh, I think a lot of things we end that, that we end up talking about on the Happy Rant come from uh, com- from from listeners. So, yeah, I, I don't think ever once on our Twitter have we said, what should we talk about? I know that that feels a little I don't know. It feels a little weak to me, to be honest. You know, <laughs> like we're the pros. We're the radio pros. You know what I mean? Like we should... I, I guess I know what you what you're trying to mean. Yeah, you know what I mean, like conceptually. <laughs> but but yeah, you're not sure if you agree is the thing. Right. You know, I'm going to just bring up Twitter. Okay. And I'm going to see the first few things that, that people are saying here. Oh, here's a guy that we actually have had plans, tentative plans that we haven't firmed up ever to have on the uh, the podcast. Joe Thorne. Um, oh, Joe Thorne. He there. of there the you 1689, you know, like hand beard. tattoo and giant yeah. beard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's saying the consensus among the staff at Redeemer, I think that's his church, is that BH Pub lets the most editing errors through to publication. What's up, guys? Let's talk about that for a while. I don't know what BH Pub is, but is that a pub? Dude, that's a, it, it's either a pub like where you go to get a beer or it's a publishing house. Robin Holman, these, perhaps? These reformed guys, though. These reformed, like, hip, hipster guys. It could be either, man. It could be it could be both. It should, so one of them should be both. What if it was, like, Baker Pub? Baker and, Pub, and they actually they ran the operation out of a pub, <laughs> like, out of the oh back gosh. corner. You know that what I mean? There's always that. Spectacular. There, there's always that corner with, like, the, the, the padded seat, like, right back up against the wall, and it kind of curves around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Dude, what about like, Gut Check Pub? Oh, oh, gotcha, pub! I love it, man. Dude, let's... I, envision, I envision us like back there with like, you know, a, a typewriter and just some sheaves of paper, and like just that's where we run the churning up. Yeah, and like the, the 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 phone rings behind the bar, and then the guy like extends the cord and like walks it back there to us. You know what I mean? That is, you know what? It'd be hard to get a liquor less. Oh no, it wouldn't. I know someone on the liquor control commission. I bet it's easy for me to get the liquor license. Dude, there you go. Except it would have to be a dry bar now that I'm uh, now that I'm employed by a Southern Baptist. So <laughs> I'm laughing at you. I, here's the funny thing. Here's the sweet yeah. irony of this whole situation. What's that, man? Um, that I, I, how do you? Is there like a slightly toned down, kind of shaved, dull version of the word <laughs> hate 
Abhor uh, is stronger than hate. I don't know. I dude, abhor really... is stronger than hate. No, I want to. I want to tease this out, like it, uh, etymologically. I feel like we need we need to have this word. This needs to be just, uh, just slightly short of hate. Can't can't stand. Uh, no, um, I don't know. You got anything? You got a short list or? You know, I don't. I, I'm I'm thinking maybe detest deplore. Deplore is good. Deplore because it sounds good. academic. It doesn't sound like it's from the gut or anything, you know? Yeah, it's academic. It's sort of like a thoughtful hatred, yeah, you know, which is yeah. different than like a guttural, like, I, I want you dead kind of hatred. Exactly. Yeah. See, here's the thing. I deplore alcohol in almost all of its incarnations. I do yeah. not like wine. I uh-huh. do not. One time I officiated a wedding where the reception was in the wine cellar of Nodo's restaurant. restaurant oh. And that's not Nodo's, like the caffeine yeah, pills. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Noto's. Right, right. Um, in Grand Rapids, and and it was one of these things where there's a wine with every course. Baby, was that the hipster wedding where they had like uh, like board games and stuff? <laughs> no, man, that was that was a food truck did that one. So that was kind oh, of the opposite goodness. side of the spectrum. Oh, that's funny. This one, I think they wound up paying. I don't, I didn't look it up, but I would guess they paid 150 bucks a head for the small reception, which obviously okay. included me as the clergyman presiding. Yeah, yeah. And I had one glass of wine, uh-huh. and all the rest, I just said no, thank you, no, thank you. Uh-huh. And about halfway through the wedding, I felt the mother of the bride just staring, oh, like, no. angrily at me. And I realized I'm turning away all these glasses of wine that she has she's she's paid, paid out of pocket for. for. Yeah, right, man, right. <laughs> and, you know, I don't like beer. I don't like uh, – the, the one time uh, before you worked for the Baptist Institution there where, where you, you talked me into uh, mixing in a little whiskey with my, my coffee, uh, I think we both can agree that was bad. I don't know that we can talk about that, man. I, I don't know that that can stay in the podcast. But, well, dude, uh, this is before you ever worked there, and it was... Uh, it is. It's, it's in my past. It as was a, in your colorful past, and, and again, it, it lasted a very short time because it was gross. I think you're um, allowed to have a colorful past if you work for a Baptist yeah, It's good. It's a you good... I mean? uh, you know, you've got a, a real testimony now. It can be a good thing. But uh, So I don't really like any alcohol, and yet I would be... You know, the church I'm at wouldn't care in the least if I, you know, had a beer or had yeah, guys over. Yeah, your people for... seem really laid back, man. And yet here, I, I, I know that you being a hipster would love to, you know, crack open some kind of weird southern hipster microbrew and check it out <laughs> down there, and yet you are constrained... Uh, and of course, that's the the real core of of Christian you know, liberty. You're you're choosing to constrain yourself and limit your freedom for for the body. I want to talk about something that uh, that that you mentioned. Like, are are we calling me a hipster? Are we comfortable with that? Bropster, whatever Bro- you are, man. You're, okay, you're you're the. I don't want to call you a hipster because that puts you in a box, man. And and Ted Cluck would just beat his way out of any box um, with his bare fists. Exactly. Uh, but but really, you know, the, what's what's so compelling about you, Ted, is that you you embody two opposite, contradictory stereotypes. Mm. And I don't want to get blasphemous here, but it's okay. like you're fully hipster and fully <laughs> jock at the same time, dude. Like 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 I'm in two persons almost. Right. That's, well, you know? no, 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 no. I'm, re- I'm referencing the one person. Right, um, and, and this is more kind of a Chalcedonian Ted doctrine. <laughs> okay, uh, in which I want to make sure that you're not half bro, half hipster. Yeah, but fully jock, fully hipster in a way where you actually manifest both simultaneously. And and I don't, I can't imagine many people pulling that off without at least in a way that didn't make me want to hurt them. But you somehow make the whole thing very winsome and charming. Mm. Uh, and and man, I I don't think you even know how you do it. Baby, I don't, man. I don't think about it. So I, uh, I appreciate that, man. I really do because I think, 
I think I'm uncomfortable with like the full on hipster distinction, but uh, but what you described, man, the the, the kind of the two persons theory, uh, I'll I'll take that, man. I can I can definitely work with that. Let me tell uh, you something, man, that I saw on Twitter today, Ted. Yeah, yeah. That in Seattle there is a a a kind of fledgling fad that okay. may be spreading of uh, teeny tiny fedoras for man buns. <laughs> Dude, I saw that too. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's uh. That's horrible. You know, you know what conversation I had with my students today, literally like 20 minutes ago, um, I, I implored them to tell me at exactly the moment that the man bun jumps the shark, which may have already happened, honestly. But, but I, <laughs> Not I in want Baptist them, circles I, yet, man. You've got extra time built in. I need them to be honest with me about that because I, I don't want to be the guy wearing the man bun around when it's like passe for two years. Like how I was still wearing the like braided belt that hangs down in like 1997. <laughs> Dude, the braided '90s belt that you kind of you kind of loop it over once once again. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> once again, <laughs> and, once and it hangs like a loop loop it over. When you buy them, though, they would kind of hang halfway because they were still like you know they're leather, so they're rather yeah. taut in, yeah. their, in their braidedness. And right. you're like, come on, just just hang down, braided yeah. '90s belt. Dude, did you ever did you ever like manually stretch the '90s belt? Oh to, yeah. To get it to hang down? Yeah, I still probably somewhere have a '90s belt, man, in a box. I bet you do, and it's probably all like stretched out now. It's probably perfect. When that comes back, I'm set, dude. All those years of lashing up your your chinos with your uh, <laughs> with your your blue dress shirt and the yellow tie. Dude, my love of lashing even goes into fashion. You know, it does, man. '90s fashion, lashing. L a s h i o n. L a s h i o n. Dude, if we ever start a uh, a clothing line together, it's going to be called Lashin. That's the best thing I've ever heard, other yeah. than the gospel. And when my wife said yes, if I asked, she would marry me. You know, the, dude, exactly those two things, and and you know, maybe hearing your you know your your child speak for the first time, but right, right, it's up there. Yeah. It's high on the list. It's like fourth. Yeah, it's like fourth. I can live. <laughs> so speaking of things kind of jumping the shark, and, and I think the phrase jumping the shark has has long since jumped the it shark. Probably has jumped the shark. Sadly. <laughs> Here, here's what's going on in my, in my world. You're asking about the man bun and your academic setting. Yeah. I, I've got uh, kind of a, a project going, kind of a campaign at my church. Okay. Essentially a campaign of simultaneously increasing kind of outreach and internally kind of de-saddening the church. <laughs> de-saddening. Um, I yeah. love it. Like, for example, I was, I was just running through some stuff with my elders at the meeting last night, and, and this is very much a public thing that I'm trying to, you know, get mm-hmm. out to my whole church and everyone who's involved, um, that, that uh, we, you walk into the library of my church, uh-huh. and immediately what you notice is, like, there's a wall where there's, like, bubbling paint, because oh. it, you know, there's yeah. a leak at some point. Yeah. Uh, there are, like, tables, like, folding tables with, like, plastic doily Mm. Uh, you know, tablecloths, things like that. And yeah. uh, we were talking about things, quick things we can do, uh, things that don't take a huge, you know, building fund or, or endowment or something or, or a ton of time uh, to just kind of make it less like when you walk in, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's a sad thing. You wouldn't notice these things. You would just notice the people and, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So my buddy Dave and I, we're talking about, you know, the getting the, and this has already probably jumped the shark for churches, but I don't care, getting the, the Keurig machine to uh-huh. replace the uh, the requisite decaf Folgers, you know, from 1987 uh, <laughs> coffee that's been perked in a percolator that's never been cleaned. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure they've, they cleaned the percolator. But, you know, just like, you know, going to a church, it's either really good coffee if it's a, a conscious of that kind of church yeah, or yeah, it's yeah. real bad. Yeah, um, or it's like like 
oil change place break room coffee. <laughs> yes, you know? or it makes you yearn for the the oil change, like the Penn's oil <laughs> coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but the thing I wanted to ask you about is we were sure. talking about um, in in doing that also getting the the folding table out of there and building kind of a a coffee bar uh-huh. in that room, not making it you know a cafe or a coffee shop, but just right, putting right. that in. And then another one of our our elders here's a, this is going to blow your mind and rock yeah. your little uh, Southern Baptist world. Half yeah. of my elders are women. Um, no, dude, stop. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Basically, I've thrown in with Rachel Held Evans at this point. Right? Yeah, she's actually one of your elders. <laughs> she weighs in on the meetings via Twitter. In absentia. She, she um, tweets, yeah, her, her comments. <laughs> actually, she doesn't know that she's on, on the elder board. We just randomly take her tweets as comments on whatever we happen to be discussing. <laughs> they just kind of fit them into whatever the context of the conversation is. How does she feel about the coffee? You know, I don't know, but one of my elders who's... who's uh, non-hyphenated woman yep. um, said that she thought maybe we should like get rid of the, the little round tables and get some of the like, cafe high tables. Ooh, high tables, I like and, it. And I was like thinking, you know, I mean, all of this kind of goes against my my innermost desires, which is that church should be like church. Yeah, but right. But this is quite removed from the sanctuary. Yeah. And I'm willing to, to bend my principles on these un, you know, non-essential, unimportant things. Yeah, from a purely kind of culture and aesthetic point of view, what are your thoughts on on doing that sort of thing, dude? Here, here are my thoughts. Um, I think you should do it, man, and I think you should go even a even a step further than um, than than you know the high tables. Like the, the the super hipster thing now is to to make like to fashion a table out of some <laughs> like pipes that you would get at. Uh, <laughs> Like like you would go to to Home Depot or whatever and just get some raw steel like pipes, and then you you fit them to a, a piece of wood that you've had cut and lacquered, right? Uh-huh. Cut a piece of wood and lacquer it, and then you you fasten some pipes to it. That's like the ultimate coffee shop thing. That's that okay. sounds extra sad to me in its own way, though. <laughs> yeah, like How trying so? really hard. What we want to go for is not like so lax that it's just like everything's you know feels like it's falling apart and no one notices. But also not like the vibe of trying so so hard to be authentic and with it and 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 I know you were kidding, but I mean you know there are churches who are doing that. Somebody oh, yeah. there's like a committee where someone's job is to to come to the other committee members and say, guys, the newest thing is the you know distressed lacquered wood with the pipes, and we don't have that yet. So yeah, you know our yeah. our hipster budget line item will allow us to get six of those tables and throw out what was before that. I don't know. Yeah, what was before that? Dude, I think it was before that was like big, big cushiony sofas and like like <laughs> coffee tables. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what like, you'd see in like a Big B or a you know, yeah like Starbucks a, circa you know six years ago or whatever. yeah right. And and so you know what churches probably already have this agreement. Like it was like a Willow Creek probably like when Starbucks gets rid of all their overstuffed like like yeah. faux suede uh, armchairs. They just yeah. give them all to Willow Creek for all their campuses, and so they're always just one iteration behind, but still, you know, by church standards, very current. Uh, and that, that's you know, recycling. That's that's environmentally responsible, dude. It is. It's environment. So, so the the conversation that we should really be having is what local, like hipster enclave, should you be requisitioning free furniture from? I guess this, so. Yeah. For this desaddening, man, and and. How comprehensive is the desaddening? I mean, is it just going to be the library? Or are you going to no, like it's, it's extend across that thing the board? 
Okay. Yeah. And wow. and it's not here. here I, I want to make sure people don't think I'm I'm knocking my church. I I, yeah. I don't think I think it's less sad than ninety nine percent of mid sized churches. Right. It's just yeah. I think I think that when you have a smallish church, um, you know, hundred to two hundred people, people get so comfortable with the surroundings. It's almost it's like you're at home when you're at the church, and yeah. so you don't notice a lot of things. Like somebody pointed out the the we call it the elevator room. If you take okay. our elevator down to the basement to go to the social hall. Tons uh, of non-members walk through there, and it has become like the breezeway in your great grandma's house. Ooh, you know, yeah, with just like yeah. crap stuffed in every corner. And you know, when you put on the eyes of someone who's never been there before, it's like this is this might make me want to crawl into a coffin and die. Mm, mm. So we're we're just now, trying to be conscious about things that might make people go, "Wait, what?" Dude, can I uh, can I make a suggestion again? Yeah. You know, you, you could you could take this or leave it. Uh, but, but as we've, as we've discussed, I've got a little bit of the hipster aesthetic. So, um, so I, I think along these lines periodically now, Zach, having been in your church building and, and really spent a good, a goodly amount of time there, I really feel like, uh, what that space needs is, uh, is some original artwork. Um, okay. Are, I think are, I know are where, this where is I'm going. going with this? Yeah, but, but flesh it out anyway. Now I, I've seen a painting. Uh, I've seen a painting in person in your office uh, on a canvas, an oil painting uh, of an angel and demon fighting. And mm. I feel like it's not an no, oil painting. It's, it's actually acrylic paint, but but that's <laughs> even for the higher master than the oil yeah. painter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Maybe you should redo it on oil on a on a bigger canvas. But but where I'm going with that is um, that that needs to be in your church somewhere. That needs to be in the space. <laughs> I feel like it would invite conversation and dialogue and community and doing life together in that the angel and the demon are kind of doing life together and <laughs> that they're in that the life that they're doing is trying to kill one another over over a body of water and in front of some buildings at night. Do you know what how when when a demon is struck down, do you know how he how he expires? I, I don't actually. It's amid a puff of red smoke, according to the uh, the definitive books on the subject. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know. I mean, so that you know, you're not overly surprised should you <laughs> should I encounter a, a puff of red smoke in my day-to-day -day life. I'll I'll know what it is. Or if you encounter a demon and and you're forced <laughs> to fight it. You know, I I didn't want it to come to this, but you're going to have to fight that demon. Well, okay. you'll know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, I'll know that I've won if I see a puff of red smoke. <laughs> exactly. Is what I'm hearing. Baby, this is so practical. You know, I feel like this show it it's uh you know, we, we, we touch all the bases on this program. You know, we laugh a little bit, but we really give people some practical uh, helps, if you will. Um, now, I want to shift gears, man, and I want to ask you just because uh, it's been a while since we've talked and a while since we've done the program. Um, what's going on in the publishing world for you, baby? I feel like now that I'm teaching, now that I'm the, the, the full-time academic, man, I'm, I'm even less invested in the world of publishing. So um, regale me with some uh, some updates, man, some stories from uh, from the – the trenches of publishing. Man, I the only story I've got is that I finally finished the proposals I've been working on forever. Okay. Got them to uh, Annie B, my agent, and she mm -hmm. has passed them on to the publishing company that published my first two books. Okay. Uh, and I'm in, in limbo waiting to see if they, they have what, what they call, here's a little insider language for the listeners. Okay. Right of first refusal. Yeah, uh, Based right. on my, my contract. Explain that. Explain that. Well, it means that... Uh, I, the next time I have a book that I would like published, I am contractually obligated to bring it to 
HarperCollins Christian Fiction first, and they can decide whether or not they want it. If they don't, then I could shop it around anywhere else, but I can't go somewhere else first. And, of course, I would have brought it to them first anyway, uh, but it just makes it less awkward. Now I can be like, oh, here, you know, you, you said you wanted to see this <laughs> in yeah, a contract. Exactly. Um, and here's the thing, Ted. Tell me what your thoughts are on this, man. The first time yeah. we brought them one book proposal and they said, we'd like to give you a two-book contract. Uh-huh. So two books came That's out. That's a good sign. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I took it as one. Uh, and and uh, Playing Saint and The Last Con were the two books. And so this time I said, uh, let's not give them one. Let's give them two book proposals. And maybe they, again, will say, let's do a two-book contract. Maybe they'll say, let's do a four-book contract. Yeah, maybe. The next given, time I bring four, et cetera. Given your track record. Yeah, you could get an <laughs> eight-book deal like in a couple of years. You know, you could be set up. You could be set up for the next two decades, baby. You know, I I would be happy with one more, honestly, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was an unknown uh, quantity then, and now there are actual quantities attached to my name, and so we'll see how what, how the. What are the uh, quantities, though? Is really the question. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the quantities are quantities of book sales that I'm thinking of. So. Yeah. Yeah. And are they are they big enough quantities to garner another deal? Man? That's the question, man. Uh, that is and, the question. and also, there's this uh, that that uh, my agent so wisely said. Uh, when we were first uh, shopping around, she said uh, the the publisher that that picks up your first book and or two is not interested in your first book or two. They're more interested in your fifth book, you know, kind of developing mm-hmm. you and your readership and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how much the numbers. I mean, obviously, if it sold zero, they wouldn't want to sink more money into a you know that right. sinking right. ship. But I don't know what what's your experience with with publishers, you know, who want to stick with you for the long haul. Obviously, you have never found anyone who's like. This is your your publisher, and you're not going to stray. You're yeah, kind I mean, of the... my experience that never happens. I mean, I think it, it's sort of a nice thing to think that they care about your fifth book, but I think what they really care about is keeping their job in the short term. So people are, I mean, people are looking for the thing that's gonna that's gonna move product and is gonna pay out. Now, I I think there are there are other reasons why publishers would would stick with you or want to publish you though that that transcend just sales, and that to me is where the business gets interesting. So. Like if you've won awards, like if you're a award guy, if you are just like interesting fresh voice guy, like it can give it can give a publisher cachet and they could they could want you, you know, kind of in their list for those reasons that are a little bit less tangible. And um, you know, it it's a good thing for writers because it can give you traction even if you're not like, you know, best selling product flying off the shelves guy. So um I found myself like hanging my hat, so to speak, on uh, on some of those. Hanging my hipster man bun fedora, if you will. <laughs> teeny tiny fedora. My teeny tiny fedora. You know, when I when I come in the uh, the distressed vintage door of my tiny house, you know, I, I hang it on some of those concepts. <laughs> Before you use your composting toilet. Before I use my composting toilet. That would be the deal breaker for me with the tiny house. I love the you idea, too. but the composting toilet, that's the end of it for me. You know what else would be the deal breaker, honestly, with the tiny house? What's that? Absolutely everything else about it. <laughs> the fact that it's tiny and the, and the fact that there's very little space and I'm kind of a big guy and I need to stretch my, Your my stuff situation out, yeah. out, if you know what I mean. <laughs> You're a tall drink of water, yeah. I'm a tall drink of water, baby. <laughs> baby, I've got a publishing question for you, man. Yeah, I need, your, I need your pastoral and industry advice on this. So strangely enough, I get an email through my website about a week ago from uh, from a producer like a like a TV producer at now, the is this Huffington a producer Post. like Trent is a producer or is this like a, like producer? Trent's a producer right so um so I get this email from this lady at the Huffington Post she wants to do an interview with me on wait for it 
the emergent church, which I thought was like a, a dead thing circa like six years ago. Right? <laughs> okay. And, and they're like, yeah, it's a well, you know, piece. It's a postmortem. It, I guess it's a postmortem. I don't know what it is, but they're going to, they, they want to fly down and like, you know, videotape me and interview me for this thing. And, and, huh. you know, a couple of things come to mind. One, like, I really hate the way I look on television. Um, so I, I would, I would probably say no just because of that. But, uh, but, but two, you know, it's the Huffington Post. It's a super liberal kind of outlet. So um, I, I guess I'm nervous about how they would how they would handle something like that. Um, so I really don't want to do it, except that I feel like, you know, maybe the Lord like providing an opportunity to speak into the culture. So uh, I don't know. What would you do, man? I don't know. Here's the thing with me and the HuffPo, man. Yeah. I, I've been banned from commenting any further on HuffPo religion. Really? But I still read it religiously. Who's the editor of Puffpo Religion, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I don't even know. Um, I'll tell Is you what. Is it like a three-part name? It's like, uh, I think it's like Nadia Gravestone something. I don't know. Um, okay. But it, it, it's, I, I feel like it's it's not as one-dimensional as you would expect. Really? For the, yeah, I don't know. Once in a while there'll be, I mean, there are people who, who contribute regularly that are that are, you know, confessional Christians. Yeah. And I don't know, I feel like they they don't give equal time to everybody, you know, it's not some yeah. they don't yeah. pretend like Fox News does to be fair and balanced. Yeah. But they as like a curiosity, they they let people, you know, come in and give the evangelical point of view or whatever. So it I, might not be a total slash and burn. I would do it for sure. Yeah. And I would just, you know, I would write myself some talking points that didn't make any sense if they were snipped down to five words. Sure. You know, sure. so that, you know, plan to make sure that you don't step into, oh, they can take this out of context and make me yeah. look like a yeah. misogynistic jerk. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they'd have to go into to some of the stuff that you've said on the podcast or in some gut check books to make you look like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh baby, thanks for that, man. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. Actually, uh, I asked my own uh, my own agent about it today, so we're um, we're going back and forth. I'm looking forward to to hearing what he has to say about it. Um, Immersion Church, man. You know what you need to do is use that to leverage that into sales. Of, I mean, you've sold enough. Why we're not emergent? You know, you, you need yeah. to sell some more uh, kind of Christianity. Ooh, yeah, I could promote that actually. Have that, like, you know how authors will often have like a <laughs> yeah. shelf full of their book behind Dude, them. Do the bookshelf shot? Yeah, just, yeah. Just have it all kind of Christianity. You can't have it all spines because that would take like forty thousand of them. Dude, but, because uh, yeah, because I'm in the South now, I feel like I should be wearing like a seersucker suit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, a, I, I, I thought that one without saying. Yeah, and a, and a bow tie and like yeah, all the all the books on the shelf behind me. I like that shot. Now, remember when you and I came up with the idea of the bow low tie, which is a bow tie with the the bolo kind of hanging. <laughs> oh my gosh, like dude! Leather strings. I haven't thought of that since we came up with it, but it, but but that's money, man. That could fly down here. Pilot that on the huffpo, or you know what you could do? You could make the whole thing like really meta and just like try and embody like who they assume you're going to be. Yeah, and be like, well, I tell you what. I will not abide this emergent church and, and like be chewing tobacco and like have a spittoon with you and that kind of thing. Dude, you know what? I would never, you know, kind of put a bunch of time and effort into making a huge, like large scale joke that only myself and a couple of people got. Yeah, I know you wouldn't, man. I mean, I would never do that except for like three or four of the projects that you and I have done together. It's not like the Other more that, disproportionate the amount of effort and expense and resource goes into a joke, the funnier it is. Exactly, exactly. Dude, I would do all those projects over again and then some. Seriously. It's worth it just for the ha-has. Dude, I, you sound like a man at the end of your life. 
Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd I do it of, all again. Too. I would. I do it all. I'm grizzled. You know, I'm grizzled. <laughs> I got, got nothing left to give here, baby. <laughs> hey, you know what? Oh, hey, hey, hey! Guess who's here? Who? Christopher Walken. Oh, he's hey. walking in. He's walking Christopher. Is walking in. Does, he's got no he appointment. Have... He's Christopher Walken. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Does and he have a he, tweet? He wants to come down and read a tweet. Oh, fantastic! Hold it, on, it, let me move over here. Do you need to fire up the randomizer and uh, and provide a tweet for one uh, that's, one that's C Walken? That's just give me a little space. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's fire that up. Why don't you hit the button? I can't reach it here. I'm I'm kind of okay. pushed into the the corner of the sofa here. Yeah, here we go. Ready and uh, and now. Lots of new Twitter followers. Thanks for the engagement. <laughs> I'm a Christian writer who advocates for open tables. Blog, RachelHeldEvans.com. And he's gone. He's gone without a word. He just left. Chris, that you know what? That's Chris Walken. I mean, the guy. He's 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 in and he's he's in and he's out. He's the consummate pro that way. You know. You know he's, what he didn't read was the stats on this thing, man. He's all about the craft. What what do you got, man? Fourteen retweets and one hundred and fifty five favorites. Wow, for open tables. I I don't even know Zach that I know for sure what that is. What is she referring to? I don't care, but also I don't know, and also yeah. she doesn't know. Right. <laughs> Which I just makes that, it all the more mysterious and meaningful in some way. I honestly don't even view like the church and like the personalities you see bouncing around and mm-hmm. haven't in some time in this like spectrum of of liberal and conservative. Okay. Uh, I mean, at my church, there are insanely liberal people. Sure. Uh, and and I, it doesn't reflect on the way I view them at all. I view it in terms of like uh, in some way uh, delineating what they believe mm-hmm. and in every way obfuscating and making sure that it, it, you know, everything they say means everything and nothing at the same time. Those are the two sides of the spectrum that I see. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I would much rather link arms and, and worship together uh, with somebody where we differ on a lot of stuff, not the cross, but but on a lot of stuff and we're clear about it or rather than serve with or alongside someone who, who says, you know what, here's what I'm all about. Mm. Engagement and open tables. Yeah, and when I say what the crap does that mean, they're like, you know, it's just kind of the silence and the empty space and being human and just being, you know, just yeah, just being, just being together. What does it mean to just be in that space to just be Mm. space? I feel like space has become like a thing. You know, (laughs) you know what? Maybe we're in this space. The next thing will be having like a like church in space. In in actual space, right? Like you just you 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 pay a little fee and you and you get on a, a spaceship, as it were, and uh, and and you go and do church there in space. You know what? That I would get on board for. That sounds awesome. Actually, it would be the ultimate kind of open ended like worship experience. Oh, Ted, you know? you know what they would call it? Like the kind of. In fact, they might even call this before they have the technology and the funding. A church just called Zero Gravity. Oh, doesn't that sound very kind of emergent, if you will? I love it, man. I love it. That is a step beyond the empty like meatpacking plant and goes and goes one step further because nothing is more vintage and retro than space. You know what I mean? Because I feel like space has been around forever. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's the most retro thing is like it's no more vintage than actual space. But here's the thing, Ted, (laughs) you have to go up in like 
nineteen like, like circa nineteen sixties <laughs> actual like vintage uh, spacesuits, yeah. like like a Neil yeah. Armstrong. You can't have any of this new technology. No, it's got to be silver and like crinkly, and like the <laughs> and the helmet is just like a like an upturned fishbowl. You know what I mean? Like just the glass thing that you look out of. <laughs> I mean, I'm not speaking for the veracity of that for like from like a safety standpoint, but I'm just saying the aesthetic of it, you know. <laughs> and that's what it's all about, is it not? It really is, man. See, and that's all... what we're trying to avoid in our in our uh, revitalization kind of thing is is as we go around. And, and there's no danger of this with my church. You're, but you're trying to stay wanna... grounded, as it were, which is the opposite of right. Yeah. You know, we want to we want to have like a. You can come to church, and you're not going to wind up in space. Baby, I think that is a that is a solid foundation. After you know? zero gravity, the next one will be called Sacred Space. Sacred Space. Give me Sa- another one. Give me one more, Ted. What's another name of a space church? Baby, throw me throw me some prompts. Let's I see feel here. like I'm satellite. Throw- Actually, satellite. Satellite church. Boom. Satellite, satellite. church. <laughs> you know, just orbit with us. Oh. You know, <laughs> that'd be like the tagline. What's In your like? orbit. You know what? Just to just to stop and just to be. Just to just be. To orbit. We're orbiting together. <laughs> We're doing life together, and by life, I mean circling the globe. You know what? Aren't we all? Wow. Isn't that what we're already doing, Ted? Maybe Maybe the point of all this today was to realize you and me and everybody else, we're already just circling the globe. We're already in space together, aren't we? You know what? You have really made me think today. Uh, That's what I (laughs) set out to do, Ted. Folks, this has been the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, where we think together, uh, we drift through space and time together. We just be together. And we just be together. And we will be together with you next time. <laughs> oh,